Well, good morning, officially, Bridge City Church, North Braddock. How are y'all doing today? Y'all doing good this morning? Come on, how many of y'all appreciated that worship time? Did y'all appreciate that worship time? I needed it. I don't know about you, but I, I need times like that. And I need times, times of renewing and refreshing that only God can do. And I like those moments that God creates for us. And I'm so, so excited to be here with you today. And um, in just case uh, you, you don't recognize, you don't realize, I am not Pastor John. I'm Pastor Rick. Just wanted to clarify that. But Pastor John and Christine are right here. Let's welcome them. It's so good to... See you here. So good to be with you. And, uh, and, uh, and I know that Pastor John would like to do every, anything possible to be able to preach today. I know that. And uh, so, I, so if, he, if he rushes and he jumps up here, okay, we'll deal with that, okay? Because he, he, he always has a word in his heart. But uh, Pastor John's getting better day by day and stronger. And uh, I believe that with all my heart. And uh, and, uh, but I get to be with you today. And uh, for some of you, that may be uh, sloppy seconds, and some of you are like okay with that, but we're going to go for it anyhow, amen? And we're going to have some, we're gonna have some fun today, and we're going to have some fun uh, with Jesus today. Listen, I can't believe it. Um, yesterday, 78 families served at the, at the food distribution here. I think we should give God a hand, right? I think we should give God a hand over there. Where's all the people who do that? Where's all the people who do that around here? Hey, where's all the people who's, anybody here? Nobody does it. Come on, somebody. There we go. Come on, let's give all them a hand right there in the back. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. And uh, next weekend, we got all kinds of good things happening around here. And uh, you'll hear about it in a little bit, but Saturdays are real. It's a busy day, and, uh, and it's going to be fun, though. We're going get, to get a lot accomplished next Saturday, so mark it on your calendar. It's going to be really, really good. Today, we're kicking off a new series entitled The Way, The Truth, and The Life. A lot of people say way, truth, and light, but it's way, truth, and life, that's what it is. And we're going to jump into John 14. That's going to be our text. And um, we're going to be jumping in. Now, why are we doing this? I'm going to tell you right now. There's a lot of confusion about who Jesus is in our world right now. There's a lot of confusion. And over the next three weeks, we want to talk about who Jesus is. Because that's the reason we got involved with this whole deal, right? Jesus. And he's a central figure last week, Resurrection Sunday. And Resurrection Sunday wasn't just an event, it was a person, and his name is Jesus. It wasn't just a one-time thing, but the, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, Romans 8, 11, is still lives in me. And it lives in you. That's what we prayed about earlier, and I'm excited about that. But we need to figure out, we need to wrestle, and I'm going to warn you that, that there's going to be a few things said over the next couple weeks that you're probably going to have to wrestle with a little bit. That you're going to have to like take and you're going to have to say, okay, what do I really believe about this Jesus who claimed to be the way, the truth, and the life? Because when you say he is the way, the truth, and the life, it's a pretty serious deal. And actually, it's pretty controversial in our day and age. It's very controversial. It's a very, very challenge. It really is to who we are as a people. How many of you all like to know where you're going when you get into a car? How many like to just know in general what's gonna happen next, come on? 
Come on, that's okay, yeah. I wanna know where we're going. I wanna know what's gonna happen next. I wanna know these things. And we're gonna pick it up in a text where the disciples didn't necessarily know everything about what Jesus was saying. And they're, they're kind of a, a lot like you and a lot like me when it comes to that. But see, if we're not careful, we're gonna make God into our image rather than us being made into his image. If we're not careful, we're gonna to wanna to bring God down to, to our level rather than saying, God, change me and transform me so I can go up to your level. And the challenge is in our world, in our, our culture right now, is I believe that we're trying to make a God that pleases us rather than holding to the direct, the confrontational, the chaos that he brings because listen, there is a battle for the heart and soul of Jesus' church right now. So why are we talking about this? Because we want to clearly, clearly draw the line and say this is the battle. This is the battle over what we believe right now. And I'm not ashamed of the battle. I'm not ashamed of who Jesus Christ is. So before we get into John 14, in John 13, it's right when Jesus came into Jerusalem and they were all Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest and it was like a big high moment for the disciples and they were following Jesus and there was this big moment and they're having Passover at this moment and they're, they're having what we know is the Last Supper and, and Jesus over and over and over is telling his disciples that I am going to, that I'm going to, I'm going to die I'm going to be turned over to the chief priest. I'm going to be turned over here, and, 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 and I'm going to be leaving here. And they're like, oh, that's nice. But it didn't register in them. It wasn't registering. And, and Peter says, I'll never forsake you. And then Jesus says, you're going to deny me. And Peter, the one who always has an answer, shuts up. Because Jesus in that moment says, you're going to deny me. So Peter goes on kind of the, the down low, he goes, whoa, 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 wait. I'm just gonna chill for a little bit. I don't even know what I believe right now. And they were in the troubled category. How many of y'all know that you would be in the troubled category at that moment? I would be. Wait a minute, you're the Messiah, you're the king, you're the one we follow, you're the one, but now you're gonna die? What's, I thought you were here to set up a political kingdom. I thought you were here to set up a different, a different kingdom and you're, you're out of here? What does this mean? Let's pick it up here, John 14, John 14, 1. Jesus' words, don't let your hearts be troubled. Be at ease. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, what I have told you, I'm going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me wherever I am. He's saying, be at ease. Be at ease. And you know what we're not real good at? Jesus wanted them to be confident in the confusion. Now, I want you to catch that. See, in the midst of our confusion of political correctness and cultural relevancy, we need to be confident in the midst of confusion. And you can have that confidence when you know what you believe, and that's so important here. 
And Jesus is saying, don't be troubled. I'm going away, and I'm, I'm preparing a great big place. Many translations say I'm preparing mansion. I'm preparing many dwelling places for you. And what I believe Jesus is saying, that he went to heaven, and heaven is really, really big. I want you to catch this. Like, why at Bridge City Church do we believe, and why do we say we exist so that as many people as possible will begin a relationship with God? We believe that because Jesus himself stated that he's going to prepare a really big place in heaven. Now, see, you've got to believe that because we exist to make heaven bigger and hell smaller. No, see, but we, we don't get in our midst of our confusion, in the midst of our stuff, we don't think that way. And so in the midst here, he's, he's like, it, it's confusing, and there's all these things going on here, but I want to let you know that Jesus never promised an untroubled life. But he clearly stated we can have an untroubled heart even in the midst of a troubled life. You can have an untroubled heart even in the midst of a troubled life. You can. You, know, you need to catch this. Because we live in the midst of all this chaos and all this stuff. See, I want you to catch this moment. I want you to catch a moment right here. Jesus is like with his followers. And like they're really troubled. I don't, listen, I, I want to drill down here because I want, you to, I want you to catch it. He took time with his companions, with his closest followers, to make sure that the troubles and, and, the, and the chaos that were going around them wasn't affecting them. And that's the same thing that Jesus wants to do with you today. In the midst of a lot of things happening, and I mean, even in this week, um, my wife looked at me this week and she said, she said, you cannot put one more thing on your plate of things to do. Now, in my mind, I was like, I just need a bigger plate. I mean, that will solve it. Like, if I get a bigger plate, that would be good. And what I'm trying to say is we all got stuff going on. But in the midst of it, we need to remember that more than Jesus wants us to do something, he wants us to be something. Be with him. And we need to receive that peace. We need to receive it. And many people, as we were doing praise and worship today, we were singing, there was a prophetic song. That means a, the voice of God over you. And, and many people, I believe, in this room, because this is the war I was sensing, were having trouble with their intellect. And the intellect was overruling who you are scripturally and biblically. And there's a, that's the war here. Our intellect was saying, but I still have all these problems. I still have anxiety. I still have stress. I still have car problems. I still have these issues. We still have to wear masks. There's still COVID. There's a way to vaccine or not to vaccine. That is the question. I mean, we still go on and on, right? We're going through all these things. And it was like, well, me raising my hands and talking to Jesus for a moment won't solve it. But I want to tell you that Jesus wants to sit with you and wants to give you peace in the midst of trouble. He wants to do that day in and day out. But we have to be able to receive the red-lettered words of Jesus. We got to be able to receive it and be able just to say, "This is this is what this is the, a word for me today, not just a word." Are you with me? So, in the midst of it, right now, if Jesus stopped with his followers and said, "said Receive this moment," 
be at ease, I want to speak to you right now. I'm going to take a time out from the word and just say, be at ease. Be at peace inside your soul and inside your heart. Because I believe God wants to, God wants to, for some people here today, unwind some things, maybe that you did believe, and I believe God wants you to shore up some things in other people that maybe you think you believe, but you're not sure why you believe. That's really this text, and that's really what we're going, going through here. In verse 4, and Jesus says, and you know where I am going. You know where I am going. I love Thomas's response. Um, no, we don't. Thomas was the only one bold enough to say it, right? Thomas like, um, um, Jesus, um, uh, no, we don't. Uh, as a matter of fact, we have no idea where you're going. Can, I, can you imagine Jesus? Like, like at this point, like if I was Jesus, I'd be like, are you serious? Come on, face it, wouldn't you? I'd be like, are you serious? How many times do I have to tell you, whether you have kids or not, you want to say that. I'm telling you right now. That's how I would say Like Jesus is like, and Thomas is like, we have no idea where you're going, and uh, we don't know the way. We're, we're clueless. This is the same Thomas that actually earlier than this, he actually stated, let's all go to Jerusalem and die with Jesus. This was the same Thomas that's known as Doubting Thomas, unfortunately, because he wanted to see the nail-scarred hands and feet before he believed. But he's also the same Thomas that did state, my Lord, my God, when he did resurrect. He didn't just say he is a Lord. He said, my Lord, my God. So Thomas is like, uh, mm, I don't know. How many of you ever wondered what Jesus is doing in your life? Yeah, come on, right? We do, we wonder what God's doing, and like, I don't know the way, I don't know what's going on, God, we're just trying to figure this thing out here. In these next lines here, this is where it is. Now, I know how, again, I know how I would have said it if I was Jesus, but I, I don't think Jesus said it the way I would say it. How many of you are really glad Jesus is Jesus and you're not Jesus? How many of you are still trying to figure that one out because you like to be in charge? Come on. It's, right? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, and you do know him because you have seen him. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now again, Jesus, like that's the way, it's like, come on, man. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And, and I'm the only way to the Father. You got to get this. This is really, really important. But in our, our Christian lives, we kind of like, Pass over it. It's like a cool saying. It's a cool t-shirt. It's a cool plaque on the wall. It's a cool tattoo. But is it really something that's in our hearts and we, do we really believe it with everything here? Way is a path, a road, a journey. Only is pretty exclusive. And we live in a world that wants to, us to all be inclusive, but this statement is very exclusive. 
This is a very exclusive statement. I'm, 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 I can't read it any other way here. Because Jesus makes a bold statement. It's controversial, but may I suggest to you, Jesus being the only way, miracles, he's the only religion, the only one that has miracles over and over and over attributed to him. The only one that was raised from the dead. Are you with me? He was the only one that focused on, the focus wasn't on what you can do for him, but what has already been done, you receive it. It's a free gift by grace through faith. These are separating statements. This separates us from world religions. If you really believe this, it's a separator. Now, how, I don't have near the time today to talk about how do we com, you know, communicate with other world religions other than what I'm trying to tell you today is either this is a truth in, that we grab a hold of or we wrestle with to figure out what we believe or our faith is going to waver in the midst of chaos, in the midst of challenge, in the midst of all these things. Jesus is the only way. It's a narrow way. It's the only way. It's a clear way. I said he's the only way. The only way to the Father. We can't be good enough. You can't earn it on your own. You can't be good enough. You, you can try, but you can't. We receive it. It's a free gift of God given by grace, and grace empowers us to be children of God. Through faith, through believing and trusting. Many people tell me, that's just basic stuff. I want deeper stuff. But unfortunately, this is the foundation by which all the other stuff is built. And the reason we have trouble with other aspects of our faith is because we haven't settled this one. And if we don't settle this, the other stuff does, doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't build us and take us somewhere. He is the way here. He's the narrow way. Uh, Matthew 7, red letters again. Jesus, you can. Come on, Matthew 7. You can enter God's kingdom only through what kind of gate? What kind of gate? Okay, the narrow gate. That's right. The highway to hell is broad. And many translations say the destruction. And its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only few ever find it. Now, I don't believe that this is talking about getting into heaven. I believe it's the kingdom of heaven, which we experience now. I, now, now I'm, I'm going to differentiate clear and only, but the narrow way to God, it doesn't mean that only a few can get in. It just means there's only one way in. See, many people say, well, there's only a few that can get in, so we better stop talking to people about Jesus. And we don't know if they're there or not. Listen, the, I... I don't believe that the blood of Jesus only covers certain sins and not others. I don't believe that the blood of Jesus was only shed for some people and not everyone. 
So you've got to settle that or it's going to cause you to believe and live a different way. We got to settle these things and lock them down because in the midst of COVID fear and bank account fear and relationship crisis and job crisis, we need to know what we believe. We sang a song earlier, God is good. He is good. But many people struggle with that and they tell me, I don't want to sing that song, Pastor, because I feel like a hypocrite. Whether you feel like God is good or not, he's still good. He still can be trusted. See, we're basing so much on our feelings and our intellect rather than wait a minute, spiritually. But I do want to tell you, it's not blind faith. It is narrow faith. And people say, what well, sounds to me, Pastor, like, like to, follow, to be a follower of Jesus, you need to be narrow-minded. Let me give you an answer. Yes. No, the narrow way. There's a broad way which everybody finds, and it's an easy way. And, and so, the, yeah, there's a narrow way. There's a path. There's, there's a way that we're going here that pleases God. I want to find that narrow way. I don't just want to go with the crowd. I don't want to go with the, the evening news. No matter which news you listen to. I don't want to go that way. I want to go based on what is my God doing in, in this time, in this age. And, I, and, and the narrow way is when you've you, you got to be like stripped down of all your stuff. And I just want him. That's what they were singing about today. About God, if it's, if, if it's a vow, I'll make my vow. If it's love, just pour me out. I want everything removed because I just want to find that way. Are you with me? That's that narrow way. Everything that has to go, go. But the problem is, is many people think they have, they, they passed the test when they really haven't passed the test. My wife and I went to, uh, we went to Aruba recently, and to get into Aruba, you had to take a, a COVID test to get in. And so we got our test, it was negative, had the paperwork, had it on our app, we had it all. We show up in Aruba, and we were like, we were gonna, we were like, we're gonna get in, and, and you, they told us we had the wrong test. And it was like, huh? And everybody else was getting, they were just walking right through. And instead, we had to get into a narrow line and pay an additional fee, which I was just so overjoyed with. I mean, just the joy of God. I mean, that's scripture. I'm just going to be overjoyed. Yes, thank you, God. I wanted to make another donation to Aruba. That's just what I basically did. I mean, it was just, you know, I would have went on an excursion. I would have invested, but, you know. But the problem was is we had the wrong test. And many people are trying to get into the narrow way, but they're taking the wrong test. They're asking the test, do you believe that there is a God? Wrong test. Do you believe in God? Wrong test. Have you totally transferred the trust of your life and totally committed yourself to Jesus Christ that he is now the forgiver of your past and the leader to your future? That's the right test. You see? And now, as a result of that, I live a certain way. I'm not living to please him. I'm living in such a way that he's already pleased. Because he's pleased, I live a way. I live a certain way. See, that's the narrow way. There is a path before each person that seems right, but its end is death. 
controversy. Controversy. Culture wants us to believe that everybody finds eternal life. It's not true. How could a loving God send people to hell? I don't believe that a loving God sends people to hell. I believe they volunteer to go there. That's just, I'm just telling you my belief. I believe it's, it, we, re, we receive the gift of, uh, of salvation. That means it's up to us. We share the gift of life. We share these things with other people. Because when heaven and hell, and this is what we believe as a church, are real, they're true realities. Are you with me? And if you believe that, it changes the way you live. Not out of fear, oh God, God's going to smite me. He's just up in heaven waiting to get me. Because unfortunately, most people have a picture of God as the police officer sitting around the corner from the stop sign just waiting to get somebody. They can't wait to get you. That's not true. I'm very confident that every police officer here wants you to stop at the stop sign because they really don't want to stop you. No, I'm being honest. God wants to find us doing things that please him and are right. Any religion will get you there. All religions go to the same place. If Jesus really meant what he said, he's the only way to the Father, then this really is an exclusive deal. And he, either he was right and he's God or he's not at all. Which is he? He was the perfect sacrifice. Hebrews 10, a new and living way. He was a perfect sacrifice. Do we really believe this? Church, I'm telling you, we gotta lock some things down that we really believe. Now, I'll be honest, sometimes I like to leave all the deep study stuff to like the teacher types like Pastor John. Because the way he communicates it is so good and he's deep and he studies. And I want him to know these things. As long as he knows it and I have his phone number, we're good. Come on. How many of you don't raise your hand? Just, just blink twice. I got you. And we all have somebody in our life like that where we know they know the answer, so we think we know the answer. But what we need to know is the real answer. We need to know this is what my faith rests on. Does my faith really rest on there? So what do we do in troubled times? We focus on what is clear. You don't understand how many times this has helped me. In times of uncertainty, focus on what is clear. Unfortunately, many of us just throw out everything rather than what's clear. And when we focus on what do we know, the rest starts falling in line. But our culture and our, the media and everybody's telling us that we, you don't know and you're, you're, you're a certain way if you believe that way and you're this and you're that. And so we want to throw out everything rather than to cling what we do know. I do know. Jesus Christ is the only way. He transformed and he changed my life. This wasn't This wasn't a behavioral modification. This was a spiritual transformation. My spiritual transformation showed up in some behavioral modifications. But it was spiritual. It wasn't just behavioral. So there's this thing 
called The Way. The Way. I have my, bi- my wife's first Bible, The Way, right here. This is it. This was the way. Like back in um, a long time ago, <laughs> 82 is when she got this Bible. 70s and 80s is when it came out. That's it right there. And um, she actually wrote something in. I'm going to read it to you. I love it. She has all these notes in here. I just loved it. He took it, so there's no sense in both of us having it. That settles it. (laughs) I was reading all the notes today. I was having fun. She marked it up like the way. Um, My first Bible was good news for modern man. Anybody remember that one? Okay, it's okay. Be bold. Of course, that was like four decades ago, modern man. Yeah. But the way... Like, just follow me here. This Bible was really popular. Really, really popular. Everybody had one. Like, if you were cool, you had this Bible. And um, they had, like, bell bottoms, like, all the 70s things on it. I mean, it was cool. But when we met Jesus Christ in a personal way, and he became the forgiver of our past and the leader to our future, the way became everything. I want you to catch this. This became the way. It became the only way. It wasn't just we were trying to get a little bit of intellect or try to get a little bit of magic on our lives. No, this became the way. This became our life. This became the way God communicated with everybody else on the way, a part of the way. As a matter of fact, in Acts, where did this come from? In Acts chapter 9. In Acts chapter 9, you, you can find it here. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. And there's many different places in the book of Acts that they kept referring to the followers of Jesus of the way. They're of the way. They're of the way. See, when you met Jesus in a personal way in the book of Acts in the first century, it was most likely that you were going to give up your life for Jesus. You knew that to become a follower of Jesus, you were probably going to die. There was a good chance you were going to be a martyr. No, there was a good chance that your family would disown you. See, this isn't how we think about Jesus today. We just think, oh, it's just it's happy. We, we can come to church or not come to church. We can, we can be involved or not involved. We can give or not give. No, I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I'm of the way. This book contains the way. And if you believe that, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. So what does it look like to be a part of the way?
I think that's, that's really the challenge that we have here. That's really what we're, we're looking at here. That means we believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven, that Jesus Christ has become the forgiver of our past. To believe that Jesus is the only way, he becomes the forgiver of our past. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that he has taken our past once and for all? That his blood on the cross was more than enough for all of our sin? And do you believe that Jesus Christ now becomes the leader to your future? It means that we live a life that has evidence evidence of the nature, the character, and the purpose of God. As a matter of fact, when we pray in the name of Jesus, whenever you hear people pray, what do we always say at the end? In the name of, don't you pray that? I mean, don't you hear people? So a lot of times we add that on as like a thank you. Thanks God, or please. But really when you say in the name of Jesus, what we're really saying is everything I've just said is consistent with the character, the nature, and purpose of God. Amen. So we live lives that line up with him on the path, on the narrow path, that lead us in such a way that we're pleasing to God, right? And so therefore, I'm pleasing now to him. I'm pleasing now to the one who saved me. And this is what it means to be in the way. Or a matter of fact, I guess if you're in the way, maybe you should get out of the way to get on the way. I'm not sure, but you. But the way is important. Are you tracking me? I'm here today to try to help your faith. I'm trying, I'm here today to try to settle some things in your own heart. You know, when you have a passport and you try to get into a different country and even when you're, you need it, you get a stamp. You get a seal. When we got our United States passport, it's sealed that we're citizens of the United States. That means we can come back here. It's been sealed. It's been sealed by the Holy Spirit. It's been stamped by the blood of Jesus. It's been stamped that Jesus Christ is the leader of my life. I'm part of the way. Now I'm gonna warn you for those Googlers out there. If you look at that, there's, there's a cult called the way. So be careful. If you really read about it, you'd understand the difference because the way in the book of Acts is different than that. So here's the big question. Acts chapter four, verse 12. Peter communicating here. There is salvation in no one else. Big statement. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be would you stand to your feet with me right now? So if we're going to be saved by the blood of Jesus, if we're going to be saved by the name of Jesus, 
That means we're going to do it, again, in the name of Jesus, is everything consistent with his nature, character, purpose. Now, I want to ask you a question today. The most important question I could ever ask you. Do you have a date, a moment, or time when Jesus Christ has become your personal forgiver of your past and the leader to your future? Do you have a day, a moment, a time where you transferred your trust on what you can do onto what Jesus Christ has done? It's a free gift of eternal life that will affect you the rest of your life. A guarantee as the Bible communicates to us. So if you're here today and you would like say, you know what, I'd like today to be my day. I'd like today to be my day. I want to offer that to you. You're not going to join yourself to Bridge City Church, although you can do that later. But I want to ask, are you joined to Jesus Christ completely and fully with everything you have within you according to the only way? So, Father, I pray for every person here today. Lord God, I pray for every person, Lord. For those that have been following you for years and decades, may today be a day that the foundation and the pillar of truth becomes theirs in a more deep and meaningful way. And for those here today, God, that don't know for certain where they would end up in eternity, Father, May today be a new beginning. And if that's you today and you'd like today to be your day, I just want you to do something really simple. I just want you to raise your hand and just say, Pastor, that's me. I want today to be my day that I become part of the only way. Is there anybody here today, anybody here that you're just saying, I want Jesus Christ, the forgiver of my past, leader to my future. Anybody at all? Anybody? I'm just going to leave it sit there for a minute. And I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to pray that next week there's going to be people that are going to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can we do that? Can we pray for your friends and your family and people you work with, can we pray that they would have a life-changing transformation with Jesus? Can you join me in that prayer? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this word today, God. We just ask you, God, that next week right here at Bridge City Church, North Braddock, Lord God, we ask you, Father, that there would be many people come to faith here, Father. God, would you transform this house into a place of harvest? Would you transform this house into a place of harvest where people can receive the forgiveness of Jesus and they can get the life-changing power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and live victorious, God? Would you change 
everything that needs to be changed so that we could see that happen, Lord. And I commission now every person right here in this house, every person, I commission them right now to be laborers in the harvest, to invite as many people as possible to meet you in a real and living way. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for being so great. Hey, could you all be seated? And Tom will wrap us up today. Thanks so much.